Welcome to Rainbow Soul Vodcast, where our soul astrology comes forward to help you manage your everyday life with forecasts and deep dives on natal charts and queer perspectives on the planets, transits, and more. A group discussion about upcoming transits with tips on how to read these transits in your own chart. Hollis offers years of wisdom and natal chart knowledge with Brighthawk's positive perspective and lacrosse's inquiry. We offer the complete queer astrology experience. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. Please help us by subscribing, sharing, and commenting and reviewing. You can also learn where else Rainbow Soul is offered on our website at rainbowsoul.show. Did it say recording? No, it didn't say anything. Usually I have to dismiss. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to Rainbow Soul Soul Astrology Forecast um, for June 19th to the 25th. I'm Hollis Taylor. I'm an astrologer and a psychic and a medium. I'm one of your astrologers here this week. And, you know, you can learn more about me at my website. and It's Divine and Androgen, which you can find in the description of this podcast. Hi there. I'm Bright Hawk. You can learn more about me at brighthawkproductions.com. I'm a musician, a storyteller, author of the book, The Dancing Hippo, beautifully illustrated, award-winning story about resilience. The ebook is a lot of fun with a lot of music. And Cross Ortiz, and I made the color journal, the Fool's Journey color journal. Um, that is one out of a series of five. I've only got three done, so be patient. I'm getting the rest of them That's done. That's the second one right there. Yep, the ones. And then there is Cruising with the Cups. I'll try to put a little <laughs> swish with cruising the, with the with, Cups. <laughs> yeah, Cruising with the Cups. Cool. Um, you can find me on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. And yeah, that's me. Jack of all trades, master and none, professional student. <laughs> Boom, done. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. So as we continue on today, I want to welcome everyone to just kind of take a minute to take a breath, because by the time you're listening to this, you could be having some intense moments. So I'm just going to invite you to take a few deep breaths. Allow yourself to become nice and calm. Feel your heart centered. Feel your feet on the floor, on the ground. Feel your body and your seat. the breath move gently in and out of your lungs. And take this moment to imagine yourself under the night sky. 
this time as you look up into the sky a planet kind of looked like a star at first but you realize it's a planet because it just glows bright it starts to move closer and closer to you And as you take a look at this planet, you recognize that it has rings around it. And it is the Saturn, it is the planet Saturn. And Saturn's rings seem to be holding steady as they go. As the planet begins to spin backwards, also known as retrograde. And as Saturn appears to be going backwards to us as we stare at the planet, we can feel all of its structures system in which it implants within our hearts and our souls, the commitments, all of the things we commit to, or all of the things that are part of our heart and soul, the things that drive us. going and as it's going backwards we start to recognize that that's exactly what Saturn wants us to do wants us to revisit our responsibilities Reevaluate our commitments, reassess our system. And as we enter Saturn moving backwards in the sky. start to recognize what we need in our heart and our soul. What do we really need? And that's the question Saturn is actually asking. What is it you really need? What fills your heart and soul? What helps you feel fulfilled? You have plenty of time to think about it. Plenty of time to explore those options. 
as Saturn slowly moves back up into the night sky away from you, leaving you with plenty to reevaluate, to reassess, and to revisit within your own heart and mind. challenge of Saturn and accept that question in our hearts and by answering these questions we can better serve ourselves and better serve the world Thank you, Brighthawk. We appreciate you. Yes, yes, We appreciate yes. you playing, taking us for a little journey. All right. So, my friends, if you haven't figured it out, Saturn's in retrograde. Mm. I meant to mention it last week, and I didn't note it down, and then, therefore, I didn't mention it. But it's happening, like, right at the end of the week anyway. So, um so it's probably, by the time you're listening to this, it's just happened. Just happened. So like the 17th is the day it actually stations, and the 18th it goes backwards. So by the 19th, it's chugga-chugging backwards. I so, actually have a question on that. Can you feel it. it when it's slowing down? 
sometimes because i'm thinking like with how everything's been going it's like you feel that slow and then stop and then back you know so i mean if you have a strong saturn placement i would say i think it would also depend on where saturn is in the sky in relation to your chart so Brighthawk could probably feel it really intensely because Saturn's pretty much dancing on her Saturn right now, right? So she'll probably feel it the most out of the three of us, okay? <laughs> and So it's just passed over my Saturn. Now it's going to go retrograde, so it's going to pass over it a second time. And then when it goes direct, it'll pass over it again a third time. Oof. Oof. Yeah. So yeah, big, big daddy's moving. <laughs> And the interesting thing is that Brighthawk, and so you should also look at the aspects. So when you look at Brighthawk's chart, you can see that her Saturn is part of something we call a Yod, which is her destiny. It's who she's supposed to be. And so if Saturn, and it's at the foundation, a Yod is kind of two points that come up and point to one thing. And Saturn's down here at one of the points, and it points to her moon in Leo. And my sun is the other base, so it's not like it's weak it's very strong it's very it strong to my zero degree leo moon yeah which this moon is going to be uh passing through this week we have and a leo's of... got a, leo's a busy place this month this oh, week God. anyway mega stellium yeah so saturn is you know so wherever saturn is in your chart you should look and you should look at what like what's in pisces for you so if Saturn's not there, that's where Saturn is right now. It's in Pisces. It's in the early degrees of Pisces. It got to seven degrees today. And then it will, um, sorry, the today that we're recording is the 15th. And then it will move backwards. Starting in at like about eight degrees. It will stop and then move backwards. And it will move all the way back to zero degrees. And that won't, it will take till November to get there. And then... Wow. November, it will stop and then go forward again. And you will likely, depending on your placements and how it affects you, you know, of course it will affect Brighthawks and her destiny and her yacht and how she feels called. But for somebody like me, it's just, it's passing over um, my uh, asteroids in the fifth house. And the fifth house is about um, uh, creativity and things that i've created children including children um and also romance and things like that but it's moving over top of my lilith which is also very independent and i'm going to do it myself sort of uh headstrong and so and then there's a couple other asteroids in that house but there's no other strong planets there and you should look in what aspects is it to your Saturn or other strong planets. So like if Saturn is squaring your sun or something like that, you could be having a rough time, you know, <laughs> like it's just- I'm gonna have to depend. look cause I'm feeling some stuff. So I'm gonna have to take a look at mine and see right. what my transits are because I'm like, oof, this is really oof. Cause I know in my a... birth, it's the point of the yud. Oh, it's the point On of my the birth. It's it's what it's all pointing to Saturn on mine. And where is Saturn? Oh. Saturn is in the eighth house. In what sign? Uh, I think I think Aquarius. I'm not sure. No, it just and came from Aquarius. Did you okay, just do then, No, no, no. Then it's going into 
Aries. Uh, Pisces. I think so. Aries. Aries. Yes. Yeah. So, and Aries eighth house would make sense with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and so, so if it's pointing to that, it's going to light that up, but it's still 30 degrees away from that. So what you want to look at, the best way to find it for anyone to find it is to look at what is any planets that are zero to eight degrees, even uh, more like 28, 29 degrees, just because that'll be when it gets back to zero, <laughs> it will be sort of pushing up against anything that's 28, 29 degrees. And then what you do is you find Pisces in your chart and then you count 30 degrees from there, 30, 60, 90, right? And so I know that Aries is next to Pisces. So that means your Saturn is only 30 degrees away from uh, the, than the, the Saturn right now. Yeah. But if there's anything past that, which I'm sure there is, like in Libra, for instance, it could be a hundred and some degrees. And whatever the degrees is that it's away, that's the aspect that it is. Hmm. So you can count it, you know, you could be 30, 60, 90. And there's aspects of squaring and trines. Um, and those are the ones. Sextile is pretty, is pretty easy or simple. Uh, Flowing energy. Yeah. Right. That's by that mm -hmm. and a square is a little bit more challenging and you can always look at a astrology chart but if you're just trying to figure it out for yourself that's what you want to do is you want to find out where you know where zero degrees is and then count how far away from that is from zero degrees pisces okay because that's pretty much where saturn is it's a it'll be eight degrees this week and then it will go backwards yeah this week I would say overall this week, wherever you have strong Leo placements and strong uh, uh, Taurus placements, because Jupiter is now in Taurus, both of those uh, have major squares going on. There's a lot of planets on both sides, and so it's just going to change as the days go by about which planets are squaring each other between Leo and Taurus. So if you've got anything in those places, that stuff's lighting up. That's everybody's feeling. For Definitely sure. Everybody's feeling that. Everybody's going to be of feeling course, it. Have Pluto going backwards. Pluto's now sitting at 29 degrees Capricorn, still real slow moving, you know. And of course, as we come into this report, we started off June 18th with a new moon, right? So, um, and that new moon, of course, was in Gemini. So now, now, as we come into the week of the 19th, well, the moon comes home to Cancer because the moon rules Cancer. And so you have that feeling of, ah, I've come home. You know, have a nice hot bath, get yourself comfortable, get your favorite snacks, sweet, whatever. Yeah, you feel good when you're home, right? So the moon is just beginning to wax into a crescent. Um, on the 19th, it's a square to Chiron, but it's a sextile to Uranus. And there's all week this energy of this stellium in Leo, which includes all of the interestingly all of the females at, at, at except for asteroids. mars mars is completely surrounded right. 
Mars is surrounded by Lilith, Pallas Athena, and Venus, right? <laughs> that, that is kind of hilarious. All in Leo. So you've got that fiery energy of Leo. You've, yeah. Can be a fiery <clears throat> feminine. You know, I was just reading about the, um, these, um, these asteroids, um, mm. particularly Pallas Athena. And Pallas Athena is, um, is about wisdom and strategy. Um, she's also, but she is also how you take in wisdom and how you are likely to, to defend yourself, uh, which I thought was interesting because wherever your Pallas Athena is, Pallas Athena looks like a little bit of a diamond with a plus sign. It's a very effeminate sign, it's a very strong effeminate sign, but it is pretty much how you defend yourself or how you feel you have to defend yourself. Um, and what at whatever it's aspecting will show. And I, I was looking at mine and mine uh, is squaring um, my Uranus on my, um, on my ascendant. So that totally, I was like, oh, I'm always defending my revolutionary thinking because I tend to think ahead like I'm non-binary and people have to think forward to be able to get out of the binary, right? And so I constantly feel like I have to defend that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so take a look at your Pallas Athena. But the fact that Pallas Athena is in Leo, that makes me feel like, is she going to be like protecting her nobility, maybe her ego, maybe her like, you know, like she's going to be big, you know, that's what it makes me think, because Leo tends to be a big energy. Mm -hmm. Don't I know it? Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> And the the funny thing that I noticed about this week, even though we have Saturn in retrograde, we have a T-square going on, um, but there's this grand trine in Earth all week long. And it's supposed to be a D. It's a grand trine. Oh. A grand trine. <laughs> it's but I guess grand. we have grants Sorry, on the brain because our nonprofit <laughs> is applying for them. So it's, it's, it's a grand trine in Earth with um, Uranus and Vesta up there yeah. at the top. And, you know, I was reading about Vesta as well. She was the other asteroid I was reading about. And Vesta is very, um, what are you dedicated to? And it's about you, not what you're dedicated to, but what you are dedicated to that makes you feel good. So what feeds your soul? Okay. So like maybe for you lacrosse, maybe it might be drag. I don't mm -hmm. know, you know, or maybe it might be spirit animals right? Okay. And so those kinds of things or learning, right? And so, so I wouldn't be surprised if your Vesta was in the sixth house, right? Because <laughs> that's what, um, that's what represent, uh, sixth house rules, uh, small animals, animals and pets and things like that. So, um, Vesta is very much, mine's in the fifth house. And so it's very much like, you know, what house is it in? What sign is it in? You want to look at that. But look at this as it's at the top of the trine with Uranus. They're almost conjunct and they're at the top of the trine, right? And they're with Pluto and Ceres. And it's almost as if Uranus makes me every time I go right to the queer planet and I go right to the gender revolution just because Uranus feels like it it's ruling the gender revolution. And here on Rainbow Soul, we like to talk about the gender revolution. And I think this week, 
considering we're in pride, it's asking us to show what we're really dedicated to. Are queers really a bunch of perverts? Of course we're not, right? And so, you know, pride, although there have been prides where people show up in kink clothing or wear things that represent their kink. And frankly, I don't care. Um, it doesn't offend me, but I can see if you had a little kid, you wouldn't necessarily want them exposed to those kinds of things when they're eight years old. Right. And so we should try to make them a little bit more subtle because we do, I think as queers in general, we represent diversity and we want everyone to feel comfortable at Pride, right? Not just people that are kinksters and not right. everybody's comfortable with kinksters. You know, I, I don't really care, but some people are, you know, uncomfortable even though they're an adult. So, um, so I think that might be what's what we're asking each other to do in Pride because now it's become so damn important because there's people watching us, you know, people accusing us of being kink, uh, being, you know, perverts or whatever. And so I, th I feel like we also have to become defensive. So I feel like that grand shrine will set us up, all of us, to present in pride in the most diverse way and really stand for what we actually are dedicated to, which is diversity. And I think whether you're a kingster or not, you would agree to that. Sure. So I think that's what that grand trend will influence, at least in the, at least in the LGBTQ community. And the T-square, I was looking at the T-square, which is like Neptune across from Ceres, which I've mentioned a few times, which Neptune is in opposition to Ceres, which means take care of yourself, you're gonna have a hard time um, doing psychic readings or uh, tapping into your dreams or things like that. So that's gonna be, that continues to be there, but now they're both squaring Juno and the sun. So they're asking us, are you dedicated to that dream? Is that really what you're about? Are you really wanting to do this? Cause that's pretty much what Juno is about too. It's about dedication and what you're dedicated to. Mm. So, and and those will probably pretty much be the theme for the week. Yeah, so the, yeah, especially Neptune. It just doesn't move very quickly at all. Yeah. It just sort of sits there. And hasn't it been like it's opposite of series forever? <laughs> and Pluto's been for opposite my moon, particularly for what feels like forever. So, <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pluto and Neptune both move pretty slow. Yeah. And yeah, once you throw Neptune in, it's a kite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kite form's even stronger. Yeah, I think tomorrow. Um, Why don't think we go tomorrow. To Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday. Oh, the mystic rectangle comes up this time. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So Tuesday, the moon moves into that position where it's opposing Pluto. <laughs> it's conjunct my moon. <laughs> And um, uh, it's trining Vesta and Ceres. It's, um, oh, sorry, it's in a sextile to Vesta and Ceres and a trying to Neptune. And then with that square, the North Node, you have that Pluto and the Moon uh, uh, opposition. And then the top of the square is the North Node. 
So um, that T square, and then, you know, we, we've been seeing a lot of T squares almost every week. Mm-hmm. And then at 29 and 28 degrees, you have a what ultimately is called a castle. It looks like a pentagram. And um, it involves all the signs that I just talked about. Pluto, Vesta, Ceres, Neptune, the North Node, um, the Moon. And, um, you know, there's, as it moves, it becomes a castle, it becomes a mystic rectangle, it becomes a cradle. You know, all of these terms, what do they mean exactly? Well, I know the castle has a lot to do with foundation, but I noticed that this mystic rectangle really lights up too. See how strong it is in the sky there? It's easy to find a rectangle in that mm -hmm. image. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, that's essentially how this software works is the stronger it is, the darker it is, okay? The stronger the influence, the darker the lines. And so I think even a castle feeds into a rectangle mm -hmm. um, because a castle is like a foundation, right? At mm -hmm. first it's a castle. And then what she's saying is then the moon moves and then it forms a mystic rectangle. And the mystic rectangle is about, okay, that's your foundation, but this is your destiny. This is what I've asked you to do. Hard or easy, please do this. And so sometimes we can find that on days that mystic rectangles come up that we're really living what we were called to do or we end up doing what we're called to do and that could be as simple as i went on my lunch break and i ended up counseling my friend for a half an hour yeah well maybe you weren't meant to work at uh, starbucks maybe you're supposed to be a counselor okay my friend just saying and those kinds of things are realizations and if you're paying attention to the astrology you can go wait a minute today was mystic rectangle and i spent the entire day um doing such and such maybe i'm really supposed to be doing that and that's what the mystic rectangle is supposed to do it's supposed to sort of highlight what we're what we're supposed to be doing especially with the nept with neptune involved it's about our visions and dreams. It will help you get your visions and dreams to come true. And with Pluto, it's about change and shifting. And it will also, and it will just happen without any effort on your behalf, okay? That's what a mystic rectangle is, it just happens. And with the moon and Neptune involved, that means it's gonna be psychic. It's gonna be, it's gonna be that third eye is gonna be engaged. And with Ceres, that will be about nurturing yourself and nurturing it and maybe hopefully recognizing it. And then if it moves into the cradle later in the day, that's pretty much gonna say, see, good job. And you're gonna maybe feel rewarded for that conversation with, that you had with your friend at lunch, you know? And you're gonna feel like, maybe I should be a counselor. You know, it does seem like it's really easy for people to talk to me, you know? Or whatever it was that you did that day. Um, so you could start to recognize that this is probably, and that's on the 20th, right? So, yeah, and it's all those planets that are at 29 and 28 degrees. So you see the sun is at 29 degrees, Gemini, it's just about to step into Cancer. We're about to, we're right on the verge of the solstice. You can see Pluto is sitting at 29 degrees. You can see, uh, going around the other side. Uh, Vesta is at 29 degrees. 
-hmm. cirrus is at 29 degrees mm -hmm. so all, all of that all of those pieces light up and it's a interesting because you know part of it is opposition energy but that energy usually creates some tension that sort of forces some okay what do you you know what do you what are we really uh focused on mm. trying mm -hmm. to neptune you know what are your dreams square to the north node um what, what are you meant to do that t square to pluto right yeah that t square has been going on all week and it's it's pointing at juno so it's going to constantly be asking you and your... and then plus with saturn involved it's going to be like what are your commitments what do you want to do what are you sure you want to be married to and with all the energy in leo you yeah know, it's got to make you happy it's got to mm -hmm. light you up it's got to make you feel like <sighs> mm -hmm. and the interesting thing that i noticed on this particular day that you might notice on the 20th is that saturn is going to sextile juno i'm sorry jupiter and so jupiter is very much you know saturn and it's a sextile, so it's going to be easier. So you might find, well, I kind of thought that thing was, I wasn't sure about my commitment to that, but now I see how it helps me expand. Now I see how it helps me. Ju Jupiter is philosophical, and it also makes things bigger and larger than life. So it could really sort of highlight a big thing about what you've been contemplating. So pay attention on the 20th about, what sort of just comes into your awareness and you know pay attention to like where you were contemplating if you wanted to keep doing this thing you know and then all of a sudden you see why you might still be doing it what's a benefit of it especially with jupiter jupiter is going to be a benefit and jupiter is going to say well you do get this and that's pretty nice right and so <laughs> so you know you're gonna figure out maybe i should be grateful for those things and the kite that forms is with the moon so it will only be on this day and the kite you know that's pretty much you want to engage in you want to try to get everything lit up which is like uranus and vesta what are you what are you dedicated to even if it's out of the out of the normal even if it's forward thinking unusual even if other people dismiss it, Ceres and Virgo, how is it practical? How can you engage the practicality of things? And what do you need to change? And what kind of emotions or attitudes do you need to change in order for you to proceed forward and to fly brightly? So on this day is actually a really good day and you could have a lot of aha moments like, oh shit yeah okay well and you know you can find yourself doing the libra thing which is hmm well it is good because of this but it sucks because of this and so you could find yourself really weighing things but that's really good because this will make you wear this day will make you aware of your blessings nice yeah with the moon and cancer there you can lean into that imaginative energy that you know it can be very tenacious and very loyal of course because moon and cancer is you know you carry your home on your back and so it can be very protective um sympathetic can also on the challenge side be possessive moody 
for sure. But I usually find Cancer Moons to be very, um, they're, you can appeal to their groundedness. Hmm. If that makes sense. Like, they're not, like, Pisces can sometimes be emotional in a way that you can't really negotiate with. It's just everywhere. But out of all the water signs, I almost feel like Cancer is the most grounded, grounded out yeah, of the three that's, water that's signs. Good, that's true. I think that's true. I think that's a good observation. Yeah. They're usually reasonable. Um, and now, drum roll, please. Happy <laughs> birthday on the 21st to the Cancers. Ta-da! Happy solstice. Yeah, we were just talking about Cancer. So if you are a Cancer sun or you're Cancer rising or Cancer moon, um, Cancer is very much about having your house on your home, uh, having your home on your back. <laughs> um, and uh, they pretty much... But I also will say cancer uh, really honors things like tradition. They really like, and I think that's what happens when you think about in late June, because we start to come up on the 4th of July. Yeah. And I mean, are people really just celebrating? I mean, I guess some people are really celebrating the U.S., but some, most people are just like, yeah, it's a tradition. You know, this is what I do. They don't really think about it usually. And um, and I also find that cancers really value um, education. They really value um, those kinds of almost kind of Capricorn-like, but they're a little bit more watery and emotional about it. Interesting. My dad was a cancer, so yeah, I find that interesting. He he definitely valued education for sure. <laughs> yeah, so. I thought that was everybody's dad, but apparently that was absolutely my dad. <laughs> no, and they they usually value uh, like respect and um, like they'll value elders and things like that. Tradition, family, mm -hmm. very family oriented. Yeah, yeah. Father mm -hmm. of seven. Yeah, my son's <laughs> a cancer rising, and he love he's very family oriented, right? Yeah. So. so the other thing that happens on the 21st, because the sun is now in Cancer and the moon is moving into Leo, the moon rules Cancer and the sun rules Leo. So when they're crisscrossed like that, we call it mutual reception, which means they can switch places if they want, which is kind of cool. And um, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. And you still, of course, have that big stellium going on in Leo. And now, <clears throat> now um, you have a, the moon squares Jupiter and Taurus. So now we're starting to have that multiple planet squares with Taurus and Leo. And it's just going to kind of ping, 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 continue on down. So it's... First, the moon will uh, conjunct Mars, then Venus, then Pallas Athena, <laughs> then um, Mercury. Uh, Lilith. Lilith, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the whole, the whole group. The whole I was group. wondering, when does the moon get down there to Pallas Athena and Lilith? Uh, the next day. The 22nd? Yeah. That's when, um, because, um, you know, Lilith on this particular day, um, Lilith and Pallas Athena 
are squaring um, Uranus. Mm. And it's in Taurus. So Uranus and Taurus, and I'm thinking about those two, and Pallas Athena is very much about wisdom and strategy and defense, defending ourselves. And Lilith is about independence and femininity and strength and sometimes sexuality. So um, so I'm just going to say that, and then as the moon ting, 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 by the 22nd, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if something happens um, in a pride or something like that, or, um, and it could, it could be perfectly good as long, uh, because it's a square, it's hard to say, it could be a challenge, but it could be okay, and it could very much be about, like, protesters and things like that. And that happens all the time in prides all the time. But if you have a pride going on, there's a lot of prides going on in June 21st. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. just going to say it's kind of a thing. you still have that T-square Pluto opposing the moon. And so what um, day of the week is that? Thursday? So it would be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Okay. Yeah. That, it's still the middle of the week, so yeah. we're not too bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you have something pride-ish going on, you know, just be aware that that's that that might be going on and try to take the high ground, try to take the high ground. And um, also I noticed um, that Pluto is in conjunct Juno and the sun. You can see that dark red line there. Pluto's down at the bottom here and the sun and Juno are up at the top there. They're almost on top of each other. Juno's at 29 degrees, the sun's at zero degrees cancer. What's the difference between an inconjunct and an opposition? Because they look very similar. They are very similar, but it's about 30 degrees difference. Oh, okay. And an inconjunct, inconjunct is, it's almost like an opposition, but it's not. Okay. So oppositions are hard to resolve, okay? When two things are, are in opposition, they are hard to resolve, which Neptune and Ceres have been in opposition for months now, okay? And that's about nurturing yourself and things like that, okay? And Neptune's about your dreams and your visions and psychic abilities. But this time we're talking about Pluto, which is about death, change, power, the ultimate control. Transformation, right? And Pluto is retrograde. So we might be looking at our own power control, and it's in conjunct mm. Juno and the sun, which is about commitment and where we're in the sun usually shows us where we're headed, where we're going and why and why we're going there and what it means to us. OK, that's why that's why your sun sign. So whatever your birthday is, is your sun sign, right? So if you're a cancer sun, you're probably the type of person that maybe has a bigger bag when you go places. You take your home with you. You have everything you need with you. And you also may respect education and things like that. And that's where you're going. That's who you are, right? Okay, and that energy with Juno, which is very much about commitment, and I find cancer, the cancer sign to be very committed to things. If they're committed, they're committed. It's very loyal. So it's like kind of double commitment, double like sort of, wow, right? Although Juno is in Gemini, okay? So 
That means it could be wavering on commitment. Do I really want to do this? And it's in conjunct Pluto, which is about power, control, change, death. Okay? And so when you think about that, an in conjunct means it's not quite solvable, but it almost is. You could resolve it, but you're probably going to have to, like, let something go. You're probably going to have to forget about something. You're probably going to have to forgive. It's going to be some sort of hard thing like that, even harder than a square. Okay, so a square is hard and challenging, but there can usually be some sort of compromise that comes out. But I find with in conjunct, the only way to solve it is that there's going to have to be some sort of kind of big thing that almost feels like, all right, I'll give it up. And it's it can feel like that, especially with Pluto involved. And Pluto is retrograde in Capricorn, so it could be about money. It could be about resources or something like that. This is something I really want to do, but it's going to cost that much? Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and this is really a commitment for me, but it's going to cost that much? Oh, my God. Right? Okay. So, that's going to be that energy of Pluto, Pluto in conjunct Juno. Mm. Um, and it will just be going on for like a day or two. And on this day, it is the strongest, which I'm pretty sure we're on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the moon just keeps moving right on over everything, you know. And this is the 23rd or 22nd. That was the 21st. And so now the 22nd. Then the moon goes void in Leo. And it's conjunct. It's going to be conjuncting. So it's still conjuncting um, Mars, yeah. Venus, Pallas Athena, and pretty soon... Lilith. It's it's conjuncting Lilith here in the afternoon at 11 a.m. Oh, only yeah, one degree it's only off. a degree off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You just can only put so many <laughs> things in one little spot. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yeah, ping, 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 And ping. it's all squaring Uranus in Taurus. So what is an old way that we've always done things? We might have to find a new strategy. And this is, again, this is a square, right? So it's not quite an in conjunct. It's not an opposition. It's more like, okay, well, we do want everyone to feel, feel welcomed at Pride, so we don't have to walk around with our whips and chains hanging around our necks, okay? Mm. You know. <laughs> so, like, it might feel like that, and that's okay. And that's essentially what Uranus and Taurus is, is it's going to consistently say, what do you need to change? What needs to revolutionize? What needs, what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to change this? And it's, and it's usually kind of a smack in the face a little bit. Um, so, and it, and I think the LGBTQ community has pretty much been smacked around. And so I think, I think we can mostly feel it. And um, I just think that that's pretty much what's going to be happening, but it could also have to do in our personal lives with like money, resources, because that's what Taurus rules. Taurus rules our money and our resources. And you can also look and see where Taurus is in your chart. 
Um, and it'll probably also influence that house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And on this particular day, which um, the Juno and the Sun will trine the South Node while while um, they are sextiling the North Node. So if you take a look there, the Juno, Juno and the Sun, and anytime something is interacting with the North Node, it will usually be interacting with the South Node as well. And so, um, so usually if it's trining one, it will be sextiling the other. Um, and so in this case, um, that's exactly what's happening is Juno and the sun, which I talked about being, and now Juno has moved into cancer, right? So now we have definitely decided on our commitment. We're not doing any more wavering. We're not doing any more change up. Um, because in Gemini, people can change their minds about commitment, Juno and Gemini. But now that it's moved to Cancer, we're sure, okay? And they're both conjunct and early signs of Cancer, and it's trining the South Node. So it could bring up some old shit, but you'll work through it really easily. It will be a blessing, and it will help you move forward. So on this day, I suspect that we're going to feel very, like okay, I can let go of what happened and I can move forward into what should be tomorrow, you know? And so that, and you can see that trine is still super strong. The T-square is faded into the background really at this point, but that trine is kind of in our face, um, that grand trine in earth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's still there and still strong. It's that bright blue uh, triangle. And then on the 23rd, the moon moves into Virgo, practical Virgo. So uh, you notice now it's moved into an opposition with Saturn directly across. I see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so um, And Saturn's retrograde, right? Okay. Right. So that feels a little on the challenging side. Um, it's in a sextile with Juno and the sun, and it's trining Jupiter, and that's going to go on for a little bit. Um, but you still have, you can still sort of see, you have that cradle with the sun, the moon, Jupiter, and Saturn. You kind of go along those edges. Uh, and so... Yeah, so there. on the one hand, you have that trine with Jupiter, which feels like a nice big blessing because Jupiter's big energy. But on the other side, you have this opposition to Saturn, which anything opposite Saturn is just feels challenging. Could be a little bit of an emotional day. I will be grateful for that the trine is still strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a little bit of an emotional day, though, especially about practical practical ideas, practical feelings, things that feed into our everyday, and Saturn in Pisces, which is about rebuilding, and it's retrograde, so I think I went over the, when we started what Saturn mm-hmm. retrograde is, mm-hmm. so you know, it's going to be starting, is this really what you want to do, so you could be questioning your commitments, now the south node sextiling the moon I thought that that would be really helpful in this because there could be something from your past 
that comes up that helps you rectify that opposition to Saturn. So something comes up in the past where you can be like, well, in the past I was able to move past this by doing such and such, then do that such and such thing. Hmm. And then also because Chiron is trining Lilith and Athena over there in the same area as the moon, um, Chiron is about overcoming wounds. So this could also push you towards healing those wounds. A trine is all about healing and bringing forth your healing, um, especially when Chiron is involved with strategy and independence and maybe finding your independence, finding your empowerment. Um, and the T-square is really fading in the background and the trine is really coming forward. So I feel like it will be a fairly decent week. And the biggest challenge is that Saturn retrograde is really your commitments and who are you, who and what are you committed to? Yeah. Wow. All right. So then as we approach the weekend, Saturday, the 24th, the moon is still in Virgo and now it's trining Uranus and Jupiter. And now we have a grand trine with the moon, Cirrus, moon and Ceres. I'm not sure I say it right sometimes. And um, Vesta in Gemini and Pluto in Capricorn. So you have that Libra energy with Ceres and the moon is obviously in Virgo. So uh, yeah, Earth, mm -hmm. Capricorn, Gemini, you know, the Libra. So that uh, one trine fades and another trine comes forward. Right, and I'm not sure if that's actually an official grand trine because they're not all the same um, element, you know, because Capricorn is Earth, but I see how it happens. Yeah. Um, but with Vesta moving into Libra, yeah. Vesta uh, about to, Vesta's moving into Gemini, so don't be surprised if what you're committed to changes mm. um, or what you want to be doing changes, what fills your cup changes. And series down there moving into Libra could be more about relationships, you know? Are you honoring relationships in your life? Is that what feeds you, especially with Libra? And series, are you nurturing your relationships? And it's still in opposition to Neptune. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so in your psychic abilities, you know, and then of course Pluto down in Capricorn. And so all of these are going to be trined. So it's going to be, it's going to just come together in a good way. Yeah. Um, and it might mean mostly that you start thinking of things in a better way, because that's air. Air rules your thoughts and thinking. Yeah, I think the it's interesting once again the weekend energy holds a little easier flowy trines blessings, you know things should feel a lot easier because well there is a square to Mercury you have a trine to Pluto you have a trine to Vesta you have a trine to Uranus this is the Moon of course because I cover the Moon <laughs> and um, all of that speaks of flowing energy mm -hmm. and um i noticed that moon lit up this t-square though you see that t-square yeah. you couldn't even see it before and now, now all of a sudden yeah. you can see it again yeah and that's because it's um it's squaring mercury up there right and juno and um so i would just you know 
know, be careful what you say. Um, be careful what you decide to do, um, especially when it comes to your hopes and dreams, especially with Lilith going retrograde. Lilith normally will lead you towards independence, but she's going retrograde. So she wants you to go in and say, is this really what I want? Is this really represent independence for me? Especially in Leo. So she's going to be asking a lot about nobility and things like that. So when she's going retrograde, um, in Leo on this day. So she just may have you inner reflecting about your independence, what, what you really want in the world. And there you go. Wow. Wow. What do you think about all that happy solstice energy? Wow. That's, <laughs> I'm like, who? that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Which makes sense because we're going into the season of the woodpecker. Oh. The 20th. I think it's the 20th. And what do they do? They're like, and hard headed. Yes, they're hard headed and they just keep going, 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 going. They don't stop, you know. And I think it's really important for us to realize what is the motive because the woodpecker could be just drumming for the sake of drumming it could be drilling a hole it could be seeking a mate it could be there's so many reasons as to why the woodpecker pecks so i guess just be careful why are you doing it and why are you banging your head up against this <laughs> this hard surface you know i think it's really important i mean but i did want to say like even though like with with these spirit we're not i, I don't like calling them spirit guides or anything i just say animal friends you know, with your animal friends, just pay attention to them and listen to them because it's important. And you don't have to focus just on the woodpecker because they're, they're going to come in so many different ways, especially now that we're coming into the solstice and we're coming into the summer. You know, they're coming out all over the place. So it's a matter of stop, pay attention and listen to what they're saying. So mm -hmm. and don't bang your head against the wall. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I spent the whole summer with a woodpecker and I ended up like looking it up. And the one thing that I remember, it was a long time ago. Um, the one thing I remember the most was that they're resourceful. Oh, yeah. And I found it interesting that you were talking about it and, and it pretty much starts at solstice time, mm -hmm. which in, you know, pagan and witch traditions, um, that's pretty much what the solstice is about. It's about yeah. celebrating your resources. Look, you finally grew some tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you grew some zucchinis. Yep. Congratulations. Yep. You know, there's more resources. There's more sun. The sun is at its height. So you got very full days. And that's pretty much what the summer solstice is about. Yep. You know, and it's about celebrating what our resources are. And so I was thinking, I was like, oh, and doesn't the woodpecker, because I think the woodpecker is super resourceful. Apparently, like, if they don't find bugs in one tree or whatever, they'll be able to quickly find other bugs. And they oh, yeah. will even go to dead, like, a fallen dead tree down on the ground. They actually prefer them. They prefer dead trees oh. over, okay. over live ones because of, I because guess, of all the bugs. All the bugs. Yeah. Know. That's what they're so, eating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so. glad they're eating them. Frankly, yeah. aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, get <Thank> those termites. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. Right? Yeah. I've always said that bugs 
you know, like, that's what I taught my son, you know, is that nature, and that's what we, we learn in, like, paganism and witchcraft is that, you know, it's a cycle of life, and I, I believe indigenous people treat teach a very similar lesson yes. that, um, you know, everything lives and dies, and this is all a big cycle of life, and you have to honor that cycle, yeah. and uh, that means, you know, animals eat animals, you know, and I know you love fish and everything, but the bear has to eat the salmon, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's and, that continuing thing, and I think that's why it's important to learn from them, because they, their gifts, they have such priceless gifts to give us, and the problem is, is we got to stop and, let, you know, say, okay, what are you telling me? What are you telling me here? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting summer that I um, lived with a woodpecker. He, uh, he just kept pecking over my head and I'd be like, wow, I have to look up what woodpeckers were. And that's what I remember mm -hmm. is resourceful mm -hmm. is that, that I was also resourceful. And it's also their way of singing because they don't, they can't sing. Woodpeckers cannot sing, so they'll peck, and the drum, which Brayhawk, I think you'll appreciate that drum is how they they communicate and sing is through yeah. their drum. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought that was really cool. Beautiful. <laughs> I have totally felt that because yeah. there there's a woodpecker that visits here, and he mm -hmm. totally has a rhythm and a vibe and a thing, and I'm like. Why are you pecking on the house? <laughs> are you just, you like the sound of it, don't you? Yeah, they'll even hit metal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've been known to hit metal because of the sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, I was like, I was looking up these facts and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I think I'm okay with it because, you know, they'll eat any bugs and the bugs yeah. would be worse for the house than, yeah. than pecking. So, yeah, <laughs> they're definitely drummers. Yeah. They definitely know how to roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. My. So do you have a reading for us, Hollis? Yeah, I'm going to pull three cards that will um, help us recognize and navigate this week forward. So please take what you like and leave the rest. This deck is the pride deck, and each one of these cards is done by a different LGBTQ artist. And this first card is pretty much about mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very interesting card because typically we, you know, we have a lot of cycles. And if you look closely at the cups, you'll recognize that there's little moons on them at different parts of their cycle, okay? And the idea is, is that we go through cycles and we should take whatever's going on, whatever our dark, and if you notice, the cup that the person is holding here is actually a, is black, right? So it would be a dark moon. And I think that that's about going inward. And I think that's about, you know, taking a look at ourselves and trying to recognize what it is that we did there. Like what part of our mental health is at play here? What do we need to recognize about our mental health and how that affects all the rest of them? Because one mental health piece probably 
the thing is, is that internally everything is connected with itself. You know, your health is connected to your mental health. Your mental health is connected to your emotional health. Your emotional health is connected to your, um, to your physical health, I promise, and even your spiritual health. So, um, so these are all connected together. And that's kind of also what this is about is to recognize and to visit um, each piece as you can try to keep the cups upward um, and it's about like holding that and holding each piece of our mental health with ease I think and with gentleness and not being afraid to walk into our darkness and embrace our darker sides because when we're afraid of our darker sides they come up when we don't want them to um, and that's exactly what happens every time. So if you just embrace your darkness when it comes up, it will be easier to handle it later. And uh, this here is the Four of Pentacles. If I can pick it up. <laughs> um, this is about your resources and the show you put on to get resources. And that's pretty much what this is about. This is about the resources that come in and sometimes you know the, i mean he's putting on a show here right and that's pretty much what this is about and he's displaying his resources and literally resources like money and sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do and that's or things that are just pretend or show you know i've worked for all kinds of places i had to pretend to be something i wasn't <laughs> i'm sure you can identify with that most of us can and that's pretty much, that's how it is to make resources, especially in today's world. And that's exactly what this is about. But to know you have those resources also gives you something to stand on, right? Because he has two resources under his feet, and that's pretty much what that's about. And notice he's sitting in a chair, which I also think has to do with like sort of allowing whatever show you have to look more natural um to just allow it to be what it's going to be and um you know even if it's not super you uh but just allowing be more relaxed about it okay and so your mental health and financial things what kind of show are you having to put on to, to handle your finances and this is in the future and this card is um the five of the nine of sorry the nine of wands and essentially this person is holding on and there's lightning behind them and that can be kind of shocking something a shocking could come up um but also tending to our broken parts and being aware of our broken parts but allowing the lightning to change us right notice their eyes are whited over and they're, they have the moon cycles down here on their knee. And I'm pretty sure what this, this card is all about is about transformation. This is about allowing the lightning, because lightning transforms anything it touches, I promise. <laughs> if, it, if it zaps a tree, that tree is now going to be black or something, right? You know, it, it changes anything it touches. And that's pretty much what this is about. And this is about allowing yourself to transform. So remember, as we put these three together, is that your mental health, you have to handle your mental health 
walk with your dark side, allow that dark side to come forth. See how she's holding that dark moon and they're holding their dark moon there in their hand and to stand with those mental health pieces and to allow the mental health to come through even the dark side and allowing that to be and being comfortable with sometimes you have to put on a show to get some resources and that's just the way life is i guess um I, i'm not sure that's new to a capitalist world um it feels like um there's always something whether you're a farmer whether you are a doctor or something there's always some part of your job that could probably feel off or out of whack in some way even as an entrepreneur even though i do mostly everything i want to do there are still parts of my job that that don't feel right and this is meant to, it's saying there is part of your job that you have to do as a show and that's what the four of pentacles is about putting on a show to bring that forth and to you know manifest whatever you need to do and try to look relaxed doing it <laughs> which is i guess is a, a gift all in itself and then this is allowing for that transformation to happen and allowing for the lightning to strike down and change you allow that lightning strike to change you to heal your broken parts and for you to go forward with your new way of seeing things or your new way of doing things okay especially with the wands it usually has a little to do with spirituality as well okay very good very good fantastic oh, good job thanks well, there's a lot to digest and prepare for this is gonna be yeah. a week yeah i think with saturn returns that kind of happens yeah. But I think it will calm down after a while. I mean, it's going to be retrograde. Sorry, um, not Saturn returns, Saturn retrograde. Um, yeah, you're in your Saturn returns, but Saturn returns too. But um, Saturn retrograde um, can sometimes feel kind of intense. And for people that are not in their Saturn returns, it, it will calm down. You won't feel it. You'll notice it. You'll notice it again if it aspects something in particular. But you won't you'll feel it when it goes retrograde and you'll feel it when it comes out which would be in november right okay but it, you'll feel it for like a week or two and then it'll continue and you'll get used to that vibe and then you'll move forward and i think even if it is your saturn returns <laughs> i think that still kind of happens but on a lesser level you still kind of feel the vibration overall during the right. whole time that saturn is in the sign or the house that your saturn is in so if you're in your saturn returns or or if you have the sun if you're a pisces sun you're probably going to feel it the whole time wow well good luck for them right <laughs> hey you'll get your turn <laughs> i know i know mine's is coming mine's is coming that's why i'm like trying to get prepared in every aspect that well i mean i guess you can only be so prepared because like your emotions and you're a human being so some I, you're gonna feel it you know so and i'm not sure you can always like completely prepare but yeah. sometimes i think like being aware aware yeah yeah I'm like i'm in my saturn returns so this keeps coming up so mm. let me try to figure this out right and how can i work through this how can i 
you know, my Saturn returns was all about healing and um, coming into higher thinking, but my Saturn's in the ninth house. So it tends to push me towards that, right? right? Education, I went to college, and then I started doing yoga all the time (laughs) and and that's and that you know i started my yoga journey and and i really like sort of evolved um past my trauma so a lot of times saturn is asking you to heal something um but it just in what way and how um so i think you just have to listen i think you have to listen and if you are in your saturn returns listen and if Saturn's in Pisces, it's going to be emotional. It's going to be probably also be spiritual. Um, and it can also be kind of psychic. Um, and then I uh, listened to Christopher Renstrom, and he was saying that Saturn Pisces rules um, timeless places, mm-hmm. um, places that just uh, have no time. So, you know, consider that too. And even like Narnia, like places like that, right? Like dreamy places. And so think about think about how um, Saturn is affecting you in that way. So I would just, you know, people like get afraid of Saturn, but Saturn didn't do anything but make my life better. There you go. So if you're in your Saturn returns, if you embrace the journey, don't resist. That's the hard part. When you resist, that's that's when it makes it hard. Yeah. That's when that's when you get yourself a headache. That's when you piss everybody off, including yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's when it's not good. Just don't resist. Just instead sit with things. Make time to think think things through. And don't be afraid to walk into your shadow. I think Saturn really usually asks you to walk into your shadow. And that's why people identify it as hard. Mm. You have to really walk with your shadow. You know, embrace it. And it's not comfortable. No, I don't think anyone's shadow is comfortable. I think everybody's shadow hurts. Even if you're light and bright. And even if you're, even if you're, you know, it just doesn't matter who you are. I think the shadow is supposed to hurt. And everybody has a shadow. Everybody has an eighth house. Everyone has a shadow. And uh, yeah, and I think Saturn really most of the time is asking you what part of yourself are you willing to let go this time? You know, I had to let go of my victim mentality. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your week. Don't be afraid to reflect. Spend some time in reflection, revisiting, and um, blessings to you. Have beautiful pride. Have a beautiful, beautiful pride. Please also share this, like it, tell your friends about it, um, especially people that are interested in learning astrology. We try to make this so that anyone can listen to this, even if you don't know a lot about astrology. The more you listen to it, the more you learn yep. and you're if you print your chart out and have it in front of you each time you listen or have or be or look at your chart afterwards you'll start to learn trust me even if you don't remember what square means just google it <laughs> just put the astrological meaning of a square and it will tell you 
And so if you're still learning, I really want you to learn. And so please ask questions and we'll answer them here um, to the best of our ability. No matter what platform you're on, you can email me or you can um, or you can just ask a question right on the platform, especially if you're on YouTube or something like that. Just make a comment and ask a question and we'll do our best to answer it. Okay. Thanks so much. We hope you have a great week. See you next Bye. week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Soul Astrology and subscribing, liking, sharing, and reviewing. We hope you enjoy this dose of Soul Astrology and encourage you to embrace the week ahead with an open mind and heart so that you may integrate the deepest of lessons from the stars. Take a moment to step outside and honor the planet, stars, and moon in the sky with your heart. Integrate the messages that resonate and leave the rest for someone else. We deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Always remember that you are a perfectly unique human with an exclusive star map of your destiny, your soul purpose, and your heart's desire. Thank you again for tuning in to Rainbow Soul.